I was having major digestive issues. I was having uh, constant heartburn, constant massive migraine headaches. I would see dancing lights in my vision. I was getting skin outbreaks and, and rashes and different things from eating foods that I had ate my whole life. When I look back on that time, it feels like a completely different person. Welcome to You Cured What? The podcast of reversing the irreversible. This is where you hear how real people are healing from conditions that most people think they're stuck with for life. I'm your host, Joe Kalb. If I had to give you some medical advice, I'd go to medical school and get a medical degree. Seriously, nothing in this podcast is medical advice, nor is it intended to substitute as such. Now, Enjoy the You Cured What? conversation. My guest today suffered from dyslexia from his childhood well into his adult life. And then, as a young adult, he was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis and even colon cancer. Outside of the Western medicine paradigm, he was able to find healing. Now, he is even a co-author of a new book, The Ultimate Guide, to self-healing techniques. Welcome to the podcast, Ian Morris. How are you doing today, Ian? Great. I'm excited to be here. Thanks so much for having me. I'm thrilled to have you on. Um, you know, in the quick intro there, um, you know, you've obviously dealt with a lot of health issues throughout your life. Uh, could you give us some background on? Um, on your health history and, um, you know, starting out with dyslexia and some of the other, the other problems that you had as you, um, got older. Yeah. So, um, my earliest memories of <clears throat> really struggling in school was about second and third grade. And in third grade through sixth grade, I got placed in learning disability classes for dyslexia. I was just, um, processed things a lot slower than my peers. Um, and I had a really hard time retaining information. Like if I would read page in a textbook, um, I remember it would be very hard to copy, to make notes or to memorize anything. Um, and I, it was just a struggle to learn in that traditional learning model. Um, so I was very frustrated. My parents were frustrated, you know, dealing with me being frustrated and they, you know, we just couldn't find the right fit um, in that traditional learning model. And so when everyone realized the school system, my parents and myself, that it wasn't working for me and they put me back into mainstream classes, it was in seventh grade and I was so far behind, I didn't get a lot of those basic building blocks that a lot of the other students um, had had. So it was a very frustrating process. I, ba I barely finished school, um, you know, high school, and it was just a very uh, trying time, <laughs> you know, is a, is a way to describe it. But as I got older, um, I started realizing that my passion, um, you know, growing up, I had played sports my whole life. I was a pitcher um, in high school. I, you know, had college scouts looking at me from different uh, universities like baseball schools. I was a pitcher and could hit home runs, which you don't traditionally see um, very often. <laughs> and, yeah. you know, so, but when I was, when I was 17, 18 years old, I got diagnosed with mitral valve prolapse and heart arrhythmia. 
Um, and it's, it's basically a valve problem and then just a irregular heartbeat kind of deal. Um, and you know, either one of them is not a fatal, um, condition, but when they work together, whenever I would have the arrhythmia and the valve problem at the same time, it would almost feel like you were having a heart attack. And there were several times, you know, when I was like 17, 18, 19 years old that I would pass out, um, from dealing with, just, you know, that, that whole issue. And so, um, all the college scouts, you know, went away and, um, my dreams of playing baseball, you know, professional or college, uh, was gone. So that's really where we're talking about seeing the depression and, and kind of the, the beginning root conditions that kind of led into the physical manifestations of some of the conditions that I've dealt with in my life. It was basically depression and um, suppressed emotions that I never released or even um, <laughs> addressed in any way. And so when I was, you know, just out of high school, I would self-medicate with, you know, alcohol and um, smoking, you know, weed and those kinds of things that, you know, young people get into. And, um, it was during that time that I really came across music, art, and poetry um, on a different level. It's like I found myself being moved by poetry and by music in ways that I had never uh, been moved, you know, because I think sports was my whole life. And so then I started getting into, uh, you know, playing music and uh, writing poetry and getting into visual art, painting, and, and all of that. And so... Um, during this time, you know, I moved into working with um, myself, you know, to heal myself and release some of those uh, issues that I was dealing with and suppressed emotions and depression and all of that. And it really was, I found it as a very powerful tool. And I ended up even, you know, over the next two or three years, um, learning more and more and just doing every job that you could do in the performing arts. You know, I worked at Interlochen. It's a um, music uh, academy during the year and it's a summer camp uh, during the summer where people come from all over the world to work there. And I, you know, was very blessed to work there. And then to, to you know, about a year and a half later, I started my own nonprofit called Homemade Genius um, and started doing, uh, you know, working in the underserved communities with poetry, music, and art lessons um, with the underserved uh, kids at the after-school program, as well as um, private students in the in the town I was in. And so, it was really great. It gave me a sense of purpose and all of that. But again, it's like if we're not taking care of ourselves and we're giving constantly to other people or running ourselves down and not replenishing and rebuilding ourselves so that we have something to give, we get in the same kind of situation that the depression and that the suppressed emotions did. It was I was running on empty and, you know, wanted to help people and was just really loved what I did. But I ran myself down and just gave too much. And uh, a lot of people with big hearts, you know, they find themselves in those positions quite a bit, right? <laughs> Especially as we're younger and we don't understand the um, state of balance that we need to be in to really be a caregiver or um, uh, a, a share or a giver, you know, of our time or emotions. And so, um, you know, in 2010, um, I started winding down 2011, I guess, 2010, 2011, I started winding down my nonprofit and that's when I started getting sick and it was kind of like a mystery 
illness that no one could really pinpoint. And I, you know, it was about $60,000 of doctor bills over a period of uh, almost two years um, and went to several specialists and um, ultimately got diagnosed um, with one uh, for MS and the the um, other specialist getting a, a second opinion uh, said, I see all these conditions, but, you know, I believe that it's more colon cancer. And, and during this time I was having I was really overweight, the depression and all those years of depression and suppressed emotions, I started leaning on food as a crutch and, you know, just gained a lot of weight. And so where I had played sports my whole life, you know, I found myself in 2011 weighing about 315, 317 pounds, you know, something like that. Um, And so (laughs) I was really just in an unhealthy place. And so um, when I got those diagnosis, I was, you know, just pretty freaked out, um, and, uh, contemplating, uh, my life and just going through all the things I should have done or could have done, or, you know, all those things that we do when we get into victim mode, <laughs> you know, why me, why is this happening to me? Sure. Um, yeah. And so it was a very, uh, scary time. And I remember feeling very hopeless and feeling very alone. And so, in this time, there was some really awesome people in my life and um, two books, you know, just kept getting suggested over and over. And one was Louise Hay, You Can Heal Your Life. And the other one was a, a sound healing book um, by, um, uh, it, well, the, 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 first, the first book that really um, made the difference that made me really walk down this path was The Healing Power of Sound. And so those two books were just, such like cornerstones and like the mind over matter movement that I needed to get into. And, you know, I was already a follower of Dr. Joe Dispenza, Bruce Lipton, Greg Braden, all of those guys. And so with those two books, the sound healing book and the, you can heal your life by Louise. Hey, it just all kind of came together in a synergy at the right time and at the right moment for me. And so I just really, um, from that point, you know, reading those books just really, went down that rabbit hole of the mind over matter, the new thought movement, however you want to look at it. But um, I started getting into, you know, meditation. I started getting into mindfulness techniques like intention setting, um, breath work, and started using frequency music with headphones. And so for me, the game changer was the frequency music. When I would put on the headphones, um, the world would slow down, the world would stop. And for me, I was always go, 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 you know, 20,000 thoughts in a second, constantly moving, constantly thinking about what I was going to do and having everything planned out and just moving full throttle. And so when I put on those headphones, it was really the first time that I could feel peace in my whole life. You know, it was something, (laughs) something that was, I remember being moved to tears uh, you know, the first few times that I was listening and I remember just feeling like, wow, this is what relaxing feels like, you know? Wow. Um, so yeah, I, I, don't, <laughs> I could talk about this, you know, for a long time, but I, I don't want to, um, talk too much, but yeah, that, that's well. basically is, it was just a very powerful, um, experience that really opened the door, uh, to new perspectives, new neuro pathways, new brainwave states um, that allowed me to move forward, you know, in a way that was um, 
unlike anything I'd ever experienced in my life, you know, the frequency music. Yeah. Well, that's, um, there's so much to unpack in there. Um, I, and I want to unpack some of that, but, um, before even doing that, how old were you in, um, in 2010, 2011, when you were going around, you got the $60,000 worth of medical bills. Um, you got diagnosed by uh, one medical provider with um, MS. Another medical provider diagnosed you with uh, colon cancer. Um, how old were you at that point? I, I was about 32, 33. <laughs> yeah, okay. something like that. Um, okay. Yeah, so... Yeah, I, um, you know, I had worked my nonprofit for almost 10 years. It was like nine and a half years that I did that, non the nonprofit work. Um, and it was just coming out of that, that work um, and really looking at, okay, what's next? And short, you know, six months, five months, six months after that ended, um, you know, is when all these problems started arising. Like, and it was very weird, you know, I, I had like muscles twitching all over different, you know, that I had never experienced before. I was having major digestive issues. I was having uh, constant heartburn, constant massive migraine headaches. I would see dancing lights in my vision. I was getting skin outbreaks and, and rashes and different things from eating foods that I had ate my whole life and I had never uh, had problems with. But all of a sudden, I was starting to have problems with you know, things I had ate my whole life, you know, strawberries, peanut butter, um, you know, any kind of, um, in, in, even down to uh, different fruits and vegetables. Um, it was, but especially meat, if I was eating any meat at that time, my body was just rejecting it. And there was just a, a, a massive change going on on a chemical and spiritual and, and physical level in my body. And so um, I think there were several I, I think there was a, a level of physical that was going on, but I also think there was a level of emotional and spiritual that was going on. And so a lot of people will always talk about like the dark night of the soul. Um, I definitely felt like I hit rock bottom. I pretty much lost everything that I owned and everything that I had at that time. Um, and paying back the doctor bills, you know, um, I had to sell a lot of my possessions and things like that. And it was a very, I'm laughing now, but it was a very um, trying experience. I'm laughing not because it's funny, but because you look back on it and it's almost like you are talking about a movie because you feel so detached from that time period. Um, right. You know, it's, yeah, it's, it's um, when I, I tell people like and during that time I died, like I literally died as a person because when I look back, it's like, I have no interest in sports anymore. And like, that was my whole life growing up. And like, when I look back on that time, it feels like a completely different person uh, was in those roles. And even that sickness and, and things that I went through, it was almost like that was a completely different person. Um, and so it's, it's just a really interesting experience when you see what, what I'm doing now and how all the dots or dominoes or, you know, dots were connected, however you want to look at it. Um, and I would not be doing what I'm doing now or be able to help people in the ways that we're able to, um, you know, help people with the frequency music and the coaching that we're doing without going through what I went through, because there's a lot of people who come to us who are very sick and hopeless and lost and 
afraid. Um, and when you can connect with them and say like, I've been there, I completely understand how you're feeling, but let's look at a different perspective. Um, it's easy to get kind of stuck in the mud, you know, when you're um, in that time period. And so um, let us help you and let us put some tools on the table that could help alleviate some of that heavy energy so that you can get back to a, a more balanced state at least to deal with this issue um, so you're not so overwhelmed. And so... And um, when you say we, I, I should have mentioned this sooner, but uh, you are the co-founder, I believe, of uh, the company Listening to Smile. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. So Dana uh, Cato is the other co-founder. Um, she works with the yoga, breathwork, and meditation um, with the company, uh, along with a you know slew of other things. <laughs> but but yeah, t- together we do um, listening to smile, um, and it's just it's the the teamwork between um, her background and her experiences, and and the same with me, my background and my experiences, kind of coming together and just making the yin and yang, uh, you know, um, of listening to smile. Well. That's really, uh, really terrific. And I love that you are uh, using your experiences. Again, you you seem like a very giving person. You mentioned that earlier um, as far as you almost burned yourself out to some degree. I think you were caring so much for other people. It seems like um, you were putting it all into helping others and maybe weren't always taking care of yourself prior to your illness. Um, but then, um, after discovering some of these healing modalities, um, which include meditation, breath work, intention setting, and then especially as you underscored, uh, frequency minded music, um, it, it seems like that, um, really helped you begin to take care of yourself more. And now you're able to pay that forward to others with, you know, what you do for a living, um, you're helping other people use those same, uh, those same concepts to, um, to heal themselves. Um, I am curious with that, um, you know, this is, this is a pretty new concept to me, this, uh, frequency minded music. Um, you know, could you just give a little overview of what, uh, what frequency-minded music is, and uh, maybe um, just a little um, little detail as far as how you think that was able to help you get out of the constant go 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 mindset and um, and find for the first time peace and uh, you know an ability to relax. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well. Um... So sound healing, in a sense, is almost um, a recalibration on a frequency level of the body. And if you look at music, you know, um, if a mix is not mixed well, when people are listening, they'll be able to hear abrasive sounds or they'll hear too much of a certain instrument. Um, and as a recording, you know, to have the balance of it is really where it's, there's pleasure in listening to it when it's, you know, a nice recording that's a balanced recording. And so our bodies are the same way. Every organ has a frequency 
Um, and it's, they're playing in a symphony, you know, the organs, you know, make up systems and the systems make the body as a whole. <clears throat> and so if there's something that's out of alignment, the body's not functioning properly. Um, and it will be abrasive to the person who can feel, you know, you know, their body awareness and, um, and it's, it, that being out of a balance um, for a long period or even a short period of time based on what you're dealing with can lead to disease or other physical ailments um, that grow harder to nurture or take care of. And so in a sense, what we're doing is when something's out of alignment, um, we believe that listening to smile, that there's a frequency for that. Ha 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 ha. Right. <laughs> and so, but it's true, you know, like they would always say there's an app for that. You know, you hear that quite a bit. And we, we believe that when there's a problem with someone that's having restlessness or anxiety or, um, you know, having a hard time with, with like dealing pain management, things like that, you can literally help them point them in the direction of some frequencies. They can put on headphones and go in with breath work and intention setting, work with their body and their body awareness with the recording. Um, and we've seen, you know, people turn things around in a week to two weeks of just 10 minutes a day. Um, and it's just, it's, it's so powerful knowing on a personal level what it's done for me, but also seeing all the affiliates um, that we work with and the clients that we work with um, all over the world having the same experiences with it. So in a sense, you know, sound healing is just a recalibration on a frequency level of the body and on a deeper level like you what you're really dealing with is you're dealing with consciousness expansion you know you're dealing with um the perceived reality getting uh more awareness you know a lot of times people will say after working you know for two three weeks with this music they'll say i'm hearing the birds more like I've, i don't know if i'm just noticing them or if i'm just hearing more birds and then they'll say things like i'm hearing hums and engines um, in a different way where I can hear the frequency or people will say, you know, I feel like I'm getting my hearing, uh, is improving. Like I can hear things further away or, you know, so it's, it's, it's just really interesting. And, and what it is, is the frequencies, um, we have this, I always call it like a sound palette. You have the same kind of sound palette. You wake up in the morning, your house is pretty much the same kind of routine, most part and you go to work environment it's pretty much the same routine your drive home you have you know the same kind of routine and the same sounds every day and so what these frequencies do is they push your sound palette into new areas and so you're getting exposed to frequencies that you're not normally getting on a daily basis and so the brain reacts to that by pushing outward like it's expansion where the awareness is, is widening. And so when you're going out and listening to things, when you listen to music, when you're going out into nature, you're starting to become aware of more higher and mid, mid and higher frequencies because we've raised the elevation, you know, uh, the frequency, you know, of what you're listening to um, on that daily basis. So, that, you know, that's really... Uh, in a, in a short <laughs> gist of, of what, you know, um, you're working with, with sound healing and frequency music. Um, that's, um, that's very interesting. And I, um, I think it makes sense. I liked, I heard you on a previous podcast and I'm not sure if this was your quote or if you pulled it from someone else, but I think you said something about, uh, frequency is the great disruptor. Yeah. And, 
I, I like that. It, it makes sense. It helps you maybe if you're stuck in a bad pattern, um, whether that's a mental pattern, an emotional pattern, um, a spiritual pattern, um, and it, that, those patterns might even manifest themselves physically. Um, you know, music is one way to uh, disrupt that. And I, I want to come back and touch on um, some of the specifics of what, um, you know, what a session might be like. You referenced, um, you referenced like 10-minute sessions. Some people after a few weeks of um, doing those 10-minute sessions can really see major benefit. But I want to um, come back around to, um, to your personal story a little bit as well. Okay. Um, you know, it was 2010, 2011 that, um, you know, you were, you got these really, um, really tough diagnoses. Um, what was the timeline like after you, you started, um, started doing some of these, uh, frequency music sessions, um, what what sorts of changes um, happened? You described some of the the mental and emotional changes. Um, what happened physically uh, with you from that point on, and kind of what was the timeline like on on your improvements? Yeah, so um, in 2012, uh, you know at that there was almost a whole year that was really going, um, by when I realized when I looked in the mirror one day, how much skinnier my face was and my body was. Um, and I remember that realization. So within a year, I think it was a year and a half, I had lost 110, 115 pounds. Um, you know, I, uh, just total transformation of the body and it wasn't, um, massive dieting or exercise it was literally the breath work the mindfulness techniques the meditation and the sound healing and that's all that was really being used um the two weeks in you know when i first started one of the biggest things that i noticed was that i would have migraines so bad quite frequently that i would have dancing lights in my vision and i would have to lay down for and sleep for two or three hours before the lights or the headache would go away. Um, and it was really debilitating. It was not, uh, I mean, it was pretty, it, you know, there was times where I even contemplated just like committing suicide because I was in so much pain. And I remember saying to some of my friends, I was like, if this is the way the rest of my life is going to be, I just don't know if I can do it because it was, I, I was in pain like 24 seven. And so, um, you know, when you're at that point, it's a very low point and you know, you would have to be in a lot of pain because I, I love life and I love uh, working with people and helping people and, and sharing music and art and poetry. It's just, it's what I live for. So if I was at that point, I knew there was something definitely wrong. And I, I noticed when I started using the music that those feelings started subsiding, um, those emotional, you know, depressed uh, you know, desperate emotional states were starting to subside. But the biggest thing that I remember immediately was like about two weeks in, um, I noticed that 528 hertz, which they call the frequency of love from the Solfagio scale, 
anytime I would use that frequency when I had one of those massive migraines, the within uh, between like three to seven minutes, the lights would go away, the headache would go away, I wouldn't have to lay down, I wouldn't have to sleep, I would just have to put on the headphones. And so I remember that being the first time, like two weeks in, you know, around there, saying like, this really works. Um, and wow. then, with, you know, within a few weeks after that, I started noticing that my dyslexia, if you talk to a traditional doctor, they'll say dyslexia can never be cured, that it's, you know, it, that you can do things to help alleviate some of the symptoms or take some of the edge off, but that um, it's, it, it will never be cured. But for me, I would say, you know, there are some things here and there that I still deal with, but it's such a small fraction. And like, I would say 95% of the issues that I dealt with, with dyslexia are gone or non-existent. And um, that's pretty a big, it's a, it's a big deal for me because I would always tell people that it feels like your brain has cobwebs in it and you want to do things at a certain time period, but it's like, you're almost hesitating to the outside world. It's like you, in your head it's happening, but the outside, like taking voice, if you're going to say something or doing an action, it's like delayed. It's almost like there's like a bad Wi-Fi connection. So your brain always feels buzzy and full or cobwebs or something like that. And when I started doing this, I remember feeling like the freedom, the liberation <laughs> of like being able to, like, I remember um, my family, my mom, my sisters, and even a lot of my close friends are saying, you know, you're talking faster. You seem smarter. Like, you know, the things you're talking about, I don't understand. Like I was talking about quantum physics and getting into like sound healing properties and talking about frequency. And a lot of my friends were just like, you know, you sound crazy. <laughs> but, but, you know, it was just, there was such a growth and an evolution that was happening from working with the frequency. And my body was responding on a physical and a mental and a spiritual level. So it was just like an uh, an upgrading of my soul. You know, it was just a very, wow. it's a hard thing to ex explain. <laughs> wow, an upgrade of your soul. That, I mean, all I can say is wow to that. That's phenomenal. And also, I mean, there's so much, there are so many gems in what you just talked about, but I, I want to circle back and highlight something. I think any listeners who uh, who deal with, migraines might be interested in this that you know you said in your experience um three to seven minutes of listening to uh music that is uh specifically developed at 528 hertz um yeah. made your migraines go away yes I, wow um <laughs> you know that <laughs> i i just want to underscore that for people I I can only imagine, I'm fortunate enough that I've never um, been a migraine sufferer, but yeah. these can be very, uh, very traumatic. Like you said, um, lights that you're seeing that, um, and just pain, and it seems very debilitating. Um, so if, if someone's interested in, um, you know, that 528 hertz music, um, on top of checking out your website, listening to smile.com, is that something that they would be able to find, you know, if they're in a pinch and they want to give that a try, um, you know, it, is that something they'd be able to like find if they went to YouTube or something like that yeah. and just search for 528 Hertz? 
Yeah, they can. Um, pure tones are very powerful. Um, some people can't handle the pure tones. It, it, it almost sounds like a um, hearing test, you know, like, you know, it's just like the, a, a, a tone. Um, those are very powerful. And I almost feel like pure tones are more of a clinical, almost like a medicine, audio medicine, you know. Um, but a lot of people won't be able to listen to that on a daily basis. They're going to want something a little more engaging. So we have songs like if you go to Spotify or Apple Music, we have 528 Hertz songs on there. We also have on our website where we sell albums um, if you go to the top of where it says get music on our website at listening to smile.com, um, there's options there in the wellness series where people can buy albums to use at home. Um, and we also make albums that um, holistic practitioners can use in their business. Um, and we have licensing available for that. And then also a program where they get a new CD each month to work with themselves and their clients. So, wow. Well, you know, I think a lot of this, um, you know, it might sound, it, it might be a kind of foreign concept. I think, um, you know, in the Western world, we tend to look at things very, uh, in a very materialist fashion, and um, we we don't necessarily think of um, music and frequency as being um, things that can heal, but it it makes sense on some level. Like, um, like I think you were saying earlier, if you hear um, a track that's mixed badly or you hear, um, I don't know, you hear someone screaming um, or, you know, you just, you hear um, a nasty sound of some kind, you're going to have, um, you know, not only a negative emotional response to that, but also a, um, you know, there are physical physical changes that occur in the body when you have that negative perception. Likewise, if you have positive, um, you know, if if you're getting better musical frequencies and positive frequencies, that's going to impact you emotionally positively. And that positive perception is probably going to manifest positive physically as well. Yeah, well, um, you know, the, the police and military, I think, I believe it's called an LRAD. Is that, is that the right term? <laughs> the, but, you know, there's a vehicle that pulls up uh, for crowd disbursement and it uses sound and it shoots um, very high pitch sound waves. And, you know, people can have, you know, bodily functions happen. It can bust eardrums. You know, it's, it's a very intense weapon, you know, sound weapon. Um, that can affect people that they want to disperse crowds, whether it's like a riot or a protest or whatever, right? They have that in SWAT for police as well as the army. And so that's an example of how sound can be used as a weapon. But then there's also sound being used as a tool, you know, where you can have healing with it. And so um, I always tell, what I always tell people is, I said, think about a blockbuster movie, something that's got like a really epic scene in it, right? And then you just turn the volume of the TV down, right? And then you're watching it, it kind of loses its oomph, you know, it loses that climactic, epic feel, because the sound is really what's driving all of that, the music, the tempo, the instruments, you know, the epicness really is coming from that music. So I I always tell them, 
now think of your meditation practice. You know, if your meditation practice is kind of straggling or, or kind of, you know, lost its own, you know, you can add music as a tool to put that epicness. We always call it at Listening Smile, we say subtly epic, right? So we want to, when we create events, we want them to be subtly epic. We want it to be something that sticks with you for weeks at a time but it's something that was not a, like a loud concert or up in your face. It's something that engages your heart, engages your soul, and it inspires you to help have that release work and that healing work take process, you know, process take place. And so, um, you know, I, I just feel like it, that's a really great example. It helps people understand that, you know, just like a, a concert, I mean, a uh, sporting event can dun, 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 you know, they, they pump that music to get the crowd pumped up. They're using tempo and melody and music to invoke the crowd, to get them inspired and pumped up. But we can do the same thing with our, our meditation practice, uh, just in an opposite way, where we're teaching the mind, hey, it's okay to calm down, and we're stepping the brainwave activity down um, and getting relaxed and, and being okay with letting go you know? Yeah. Well, um, yeah, that makes sense. I love the, um, love the phrase subtly epic. And I have to <laughs> give a, I've got to give a plug to, uh, some of your music. I've been, uh, listening to some of it as I've worked, uh, the last, um, the last couple of days. And, um, I listened to a, um, a song I really enjoyed, um, belief code 21, is um, yeah. title. I, I really, I heard you reference that on another uh, podcast and um, you know, I listened to it and uh, my wife actually fell asleep to it last night. I was, oh. I was still awake uh, reading as it played, but um, I know you referenced in another podcast that that can um, be a really good song to fall asleep to. Um, yeah. I, you you know you listen to those and uh, it just it leaves you with a, a positive feeling. Um, yeah, we we actually have dubbed the Belief Code Twenty One song the Frequency of Peace with listening to Smile, and the reason is is that we've worked with so many clients and all of them, you know, they say this is the most peaceful track. This this vibration just helps me sleep. It helps relax me. Um, you know, everyone just kept saying peace, peace, peace. And so, <laughs> so, you know, we dubbed it the frequency of peace, but a lot of people use it for anxiety relief or for actually relaxing before bed, um, you know, to get relaxed. And I, I, I want to say that that, you know, it's been a while since I recorded that, but I think it's 30 beats per minute. And so when you think about that, you know, most songs, even on a slow level are about 85 beats per minute. Um, 85, 90 beats per minute, something like that. Well, for a slower song, you might even drop down to like a 70, but 30 beats per minute is very slow. Um, and it's just something that track really helps the brain step down in activity um, and just find the, you know, that vibe of peace. <laughs> I, I like it. I think that's very appropriate after, uh, after listening to the song. It, it does feel very peaceful. Um, it just kind of, it puts like a light, I don't know I'll put a light smile on my face uh, as I listen to it. So, um, oh, awesome. <laughs> um, I'm curious. Uh, going back to um, some of these sessions that um, 
you know, you've mentioned that with listening to Smile, you'll uh, sometimes see results in a few weeks with people coming in doing 10-minute sessions. Um, I, I guess I have a couple uh, related questions. You can answer either or both or, you know, go off on whichever uh, whichever direction. But um, okay. one, did, you know, are these sessions that you're um, doing with these patients or, or you know, with these people where they are um, having success with uh, with different conditions, are they are these sessions similar to what you did as you uh, started out trying to address uh, your health problems? And um, and two, could you just describe what these sessions are are like so people have yeah. a, a better understanding of what um, what one of these sessions involves? Yeah, yeah, no problem. Um, so everything that I'm doing with listening to smile is things that I've directly done for myself, you know, where I've seen, uh, breakthroughs and then sharing them with family and friends. And then ultimately starting the company and getting into working with affiliates who are working with their individual clients. And then us having live events where we're actually seeing new people come in. So, um, you know, this is the fifth year of our company. Um, and you know, we, we've grown into seven different countries. We have over 168 affiliates worldwide, and we've just really grown to a, a place where we've seen a lot of different demographics and different ages and different races and, uh, you know, just all types of people come through. And so it's been, similar experiences for everyone, which makes us very happy, you know, to see the people having, you know, success with this. Um, and, you know, so the, so yeah, so everything that we're doing is a direct result of that, you know, um, as far as the sessions, what we're doing is we do these, we've done, you know, sessions in person, as well as the, uh, you know, online sessions, um, and typically these days, because of COVID and everything, that's what we're, you know, doing. And so we work with people, you know, in, in different countries with this. And what happens is they'll come in and we do a little bit of talk therapy where we get to kind of the root of what's really going on, the issues that they're dealing with, the focus that they want to uh, to work on, the issues, you know, the the we go over the focus that we would like to address those issues with. Um, and then we get into working a little bit with the chakras of the body, the energy centers of the body. And we talk about how frequency interacts with them. And then we basically are picking frequencies from our toolbox, you know, based customized for that person's experience and their focus. Um, and they'll, so it's about typically about an hour session um, you know, 30 to 40 minutes will be the talk session, getting down to the root of everything. And then we'll go over a little bit about how sound healing works, um, go over the type of um, tools that we're going to use with them, the frequencies and that, and then help them implement a plan for a two week period of utilizing the tones and the music on a daily basis. And so typically those, you know, the first week it starts out with for about 10 minutes, five minutes in the morning, five minutes at night. And then that second week we go into 10 minutes in the morning and 10 minutes at night. So you're doing 20 minutes a day total. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of people who are still continuing that process because they see that it's vital for their balance. And it's something, 
you know, even me uh, running the business like I do, there's times where, uh, you know, I have to be like, man, I, I really need some frequency right now, you know, um, because you get when you're just like anyone else running your own business or doing something that's a lot of hustle bustle, um, you can get pulled out of center really easy or pulled out of alignment. And um, it's just a, it's a tool that needs to be used consistently. So that's kind of what we try to set up in that two week period is just a consistent model that makes it easy for them to implement on a daily consistent basis. Okay. And that's, um, that's really cool. And, you know, a lot of this involves uh, just listening to specifically designed music. Is that right? It's developed in a specific frequency that um, aims to uh, aims to benefit the listener. Yes. Yes. So we might be using frequencies that target certain organs of the body. We might be using frequencies for chakras. We might be using frequencies that we would consider like sacred uh, frequency, like the Solfeggio scale or the Schumann resonance. Um, and so, what, what is the uh, Solfeggio frequency? Or is there's more than one, right? Solfeggio right. frequencies. Yes. Could you just give a little overview of those? Yeah, yeah. So the Solfeggio scale is tuned to A equals four forty four. So standard music is tuned to A equals four forty. And then there's a Schumann resonance, uh, which is, you know, tuned at A equals 432. Um, the Schumann resonance really um, comes from studies that they have done with the electromagnetic pulse of the earth. It's essentially like the heartbeat of the earth um, and, and Pythagoras, you know. Um, so, you know, it's kind of ancient, you know, he was kind of like the godfather of uh, mathematics and music um, and just kind of laid the groundwork for a lot of the things that are happening right now. Um, and then also the Solfeggio is tuned to 444, so it's above the standard tune music. So you have to actually tune your instruments differently when you're playing this music. Um, and a lot of people believe that classical music has profound effects on consciousness and brain. Like you've seen, I'm sure you've seen like uh, baby Mozart and baby Beethoven and those kind of things where there, there's classical music being played to, to babies in the womb as well as like in their room in their nursery. Um, and they're saying that it's actually um, a powerful tool for developing brain, you know, activity uh, at an early age and just kind of creating growth um, in that area. And so uh, we, we believe that also, but what we're really sticking with is the 444 and the 432, those frequencies um, are really powerful. And for me, like I've noticed a lot of people who have anxiety or pain issues, classical music really agitates them, you know, like where it's too busy, there's too many notes, you know, just like a lot of busy notes. And so what we've seen is in these frequencies, 444, where the Solfeggio resides and 432, where the Schumann is, it's not just the frequencies. It's it's the it's all the multifacets coming together as one, which is teaching a person to deep listen. You know, like actually listening to the music, not multitasking, but 
sitting down, eyes closed, and listening to the, each instrument. Can you pick them out? What's going on? Um, and actually listening on, on a deeper level. Then you've got breath work that we, you know, give them, as well as intentions while they're listening to hold a focus or a mantra while they're listening to the music. Um, and then the music itself, which will basically be tempo, the intervals in between the chord progressions, as well as the frequency. So it's just, it's a, it's an elaborate, like multifaceted approach that actually really uh, works with the brain and body to slow down and relax and um, get to a point where there's a more uh, emphasized brain body connection or body awareness, you know? Yeah. I'm curious about something. This is kind of uh, selfish on, on my part. I'm uh, curious for myself about it, but um, I noticed your website references um, wearing kind of over-the-ear um, headphones. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm curious, uh, what's, the, what's the reason for using over-the-ear headphones as opposed to, um, like, you know, AirPods are um are popular right now um yeah what what benefit does that provide so there's a lot of people won't like this answer (laughs) but but the uh there's so the wireless headphones for me um i'm trying to keep everything away from my brain you know what i'm saying so that you have that wireless um a lot of the wireless even over the ear headphones and and people will say should i wear the wireless and i'll say I would rather you use the plugged in version, you know, the corded version of the headphones because there's not that wireless element that's interacting with your brainwave activity um, personally. But there's other people who are completely fine with it and that's totally fine. Um, But the reason why mainly I suggest the over the ear is because the experience, especially if you're in a house with other people, it blocks out. So you've created an internal environment number one. And number two, the frequency response of the speakers is much greater than earbuds. So like earbuds lose some of the bass. I mean, I know there's some specialized earbuds like Beats and, you know, different things that put other lower end frequencies in there. But the frequency response is why we want the larger earphone speakers um, because the frequency response is greater. So you have a lot more lower end frequencies for bass and things like that. But also even on the mid highs and some of the high highs, you have um, a a larger uh, diversity in the frequency response of the speakers. Okay. Well, I, I appreciate that answer. Um, I, I know, um, and I say that as someone who has those wireless, um, you know, I've got AirPods in right now and I know that's probably, um, you know, I'm talking to someone who knows how important, uh, frequencies are. And I know these probably aren't the ideal frequencies to have right next to my brain. Um, but, um, yeah, that, that makes sense as to why, um, yeah, why you like the over the, um, over the ear headphones and um yeah it seems like it's a a good way to help you really focus in and get a full immersion in um in the sound frequencies Um, yeah um when when i was going through all this i lived on a busy street and there was constantly noise and things outside that were always distracting me from meditation and when i used the music with the headphones um it just really 
created a, a internal environment that was easier to go deeper in meditation for longer periods of time, sometimes an hour and a half or two hours, you know, I would spend in meditation and I don't think for me it would have been possible. And, and, you know, everyone's different in the things that they can do. Some people don't like music when they're meditating. Some people don't like headphones. Some people like wireless headphones, you know, and it's, to each their own, you know what I'm saying? Like everyone has their uh, preference, but I personally just found it a very powerful experience to block out the, the external noise and also kind of go within. Um, and the bass, to me, I always say that bass is kind of the placebo. When people can feel that lower end bass, they, they feel like, oh, this is working, you know? And it is true. It's Bass is so um, soothing to the body, the muscles, bone, uh, you know, even on a cellular level, when we feel that in our bodies, like vibroacoustic therapy, um, it's so soothing to the body. So I, I like bass, you know, like when I'm listening with the headphones, like having that kind of more full sound i think it really helps with these tracks especially that makes a lot of sense um and you know one of the one of the other things i wanted to ask you about um is binaural beats um and for for the listener if if that's a new term to you it was new to me um as of a few days ago but um i really enjoyed uh, reading some of uh, Ian's material on it online. Um, it, it, for the listener, it's B-I-N-A-U-R-A-L, binaural. Um, could you give just a little, um, a quick overview of binaural beats and how those can be beneficial? Yeah, so binaural beats are awesome for two things. One is facilitating a new brainwave state. Um, and then the second thing is that you can hear tones that are below the human hearing level. Uh, the body will experience them through these binaural beats. So like, um, theta pattern, uh, is one that I really like to use with our binaural beats. REM sleep, like deep sleep. Um, and so a lot of hypnotherapists and life coaches like the theta pattern because it's a highly programmable state, you know, for the subconscious. Um, and it's just a, it's a um, very powerful tool for that. So um, people who are having pain management issues or anxiety issues um, or even sleep issues can really benefit from binaural beats. And, you know, for theta pattern, I mean, you can target so many different issues with the different brainwave patterns based on what frequencies you're working with. But right now I'm just talking about theta because that's one of my favorites to work with. But um, so basically when you put on headphones, binaural just means that you've got these two tones, left ear and right ear. And so let's say that the left ear has 100 hertz in it and the right ear I put 104 hertz in it. And so there's it creates this wobble like a you know, kind of like that sound. Um, and what's going on is the brain does not like that chaos or disorder. So it synchronizes, it forces the brain to, to synchronize the left and right hemisphere so that it hears almost one tone. But what it does when it, when this process takes place, that it hears the difference between the two waves. So it actually ends up hearing, like people will say, like almost in the middle brain, like in the top of their head, they'll feel like, I feel this, this tone here. And what's taking place is the body is actually putting that at four hertz. So the brain wave, the brain wave state steps down. Um, and theta wave patterns are about four to eight hertz, you know, in that, in that range. 
four hertz to eight hertz. And so the human hearing level ends at 20 hertz. So we could not hear that tone unless it was created in a binaural wave like that. Okay, does that make, does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. It's kind of subtracting, it's trying to compensate for that difference in hertz between in frequency from the left ear to the right ear. Right. And there's, okay, there's yeah, a and, leftover. Yeah, and so where the benefit is, is people who, who are working with meditation will try for 15 or 20 years to train their brain to synchronize in that way. When someone's really in a deep meditation, the, syn- the hemispheres will actually, you know, um, synchronize like that. And so people can do that without tools. You know, you can synchronize the brain through the technique of breath work, intention setting, and mindset, you know, meditation um, to create physical changes in the body that way. But um, one, I had a friend who was a monk um, and we had a conversation and he put on the headphones and listened to the music and he said, you know, what just happened here in the last 10 minutes took me 20 years to learn to do on my own. And so that's the real benefit of binaural beats is that you're jumping ahead of the line without the work. You've got a tool that can instantly put change, facilitate a new brainwave state for you to be in a relaxed, peaceful mindset. Um, It's just very powerful and it's very quick. So. And uh, for, for listeners unfamiliar with, I guess, uh, different brainwave states, um, is it fair to say, you know, this is something, you know, different, different brainwave states can uh, basically lead to different subjective experience and that these, you know, it might sound kind of woo woo, but like, this is something that would show up like on an EEG machine, you would see a specific pattern. Is that kind of what you're talking about with these brainwave states? Yes, yes, exactly. Um, This is just when you have different sets of emotions or you're in different activities of your day, your brain is already doing different brainwave patterns based on your actions and your emotions throughout your day. So you might change to different patterns. Like when you're sleeping, you're in a pattern. When you're awake and you're working and you're busy, 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 you're in a pattern. And so like it's it's um it's something that's normal parts of your day. The only thing that it's helping you to do is like let's say that you were um, super stressed out at your job. You came home and you were finding it hard to relax, and you could put on a binaural beat, and it could help you within a three, five, ten minute period to shift your brainwave state, step it down to like a theta pattern, to where it would give you this very peaceful feeling. And again, you have to think that theta pattern is usually achieved in our normal day just before we hit REM sleep. You, you see what I'm saying? So you're at the spot where you're almost falling asleep. Um, and, and if someone was having a stressful day and you could give them that kind of peace, um, it, it could be very beneficial, you know? So, yeah. and, and, and it goes the other way too. You can take someone who's, you know, depressed or someone that's having a lot of issues um, and, and start going into alpha and other brainwave states where you could get them a little more excited and kind of almost like, um, you know, playing some Bob Marley music or some, some kind of house music that pumps them up and you get them dancing in the living room. Um, but it's taking place in the brain, you know, it's something that's just a, a, a brainwave states being facilitated to help a person um, move into a new mindset or emotional state. 
Well, I, boy, I, I'll try not to dwell on it too long because I feel like I could uh, keep you here for hours and hours talking about this stuff. But it seems like um, the ability to quickly change brainwave state has big implications for um, for behavior change and for long term. Um, you know, if you want to make a long term change, um, it's you know, Bruce Lipton, uh, you referenced him earlier, he talks a lot about how our subconscious dominates. You know, it, it's kind of in control 95% of, um, of the time of our lives. And so um, that theta state, as you mentioned earlier, um, if you can quickly get into that state, um, that's when your subconscious is, you know, for lack of a better word, it's programmable. And if yeah. there's some kind of change you want to um, really implement on your own mind uh, and, you know, consciously change your subconscious, it seems like uh, listening to binaural beats that can put your mind into, um, into that state could be a really, really powerful thing to do. Yeah. Um, and the people, the people who are working with that are usually working with... Um, some of our practitioners who are tr are working, you know, beside the patient or client with a new program, you know, new uh, vocabulary, new perspectives, new um, outlooks um, to moving into the life where they want to be. A lot of us, you know, like you were saying, Bruce Lipton said the subconscious is kind of running the show. A lot of the subconscious is coming from you know, most of the time, our failures, our traumas, our, you know, the past stories that we get hung up on that kind of become the loop programming, um, you know, by default, you know, because it's happened so many times in repetition, it's just become the operating system, you know. And so um, these, like we said before, frequency is the great disruptor. These, these frequencies come in and disrupt these belief patterns and kind of stop it where you're actually sitting in the quiet of the storm and you can observe these things. And with someone's help, whether that's a book or whether that's, a, um, you know, a practitioner working side by side with you, you can create these new vocabularies, these new narratives, these new perspectives and new outlooks that help you reprogram and actually create sustainable change you know, and moving forward. Yeah, that's, that's really terrific. And it, it is just fascinating. And I think, um, you know, when I first, you know, I, I'm still very much a novice in all of these topics, but I mean, it's kind of mind blowing to think about the pattern, the power of, um, and the potential of some of these modalities. So I, I really appreciate you, um, you know, giving some background on, on how you use them with listening to smile and how they've impacted your personal health. Um, and speaking of your, um, your personal health, you spoke to this a little bit earlier, um, but um, especially in relation to dyslexia, but you know, you had a lot of um, diagnoses and um, I like to ask this of different guests who come on the podcast. Um, you know, you dealt with dyslexia with um, a diagnosis of MS and of colon cancer, and you suffered from depression. Um, do you consider yourself cured of these conditions? 
I I do. Um, I think that it's a it's a tricky thing. It's like um, you know, people can still get depressed even though they've got past kind of a quote unquote clinical depression. Uh, people can fall back into you know cancer or other diagnosis, um, and it's really important. One of the things that I've learned for me is that stress is the, you know, for MS especially, but also just anything across the board, stress is um, something that is really the root of, of pretty much every suffering, <laughs> you know, because it's, it's honestly, when you look at stress, it's really where the body starts becoming unraveled and out of balance. And then that's always, I mean, almost always, I would say 98% of the time, it's almost always an underlying factor. Even if you're dealing with something that's genetic, a lot of times it doesn't start fully coming to the surface unless there's some kind of stressed or prolonged stressed, um, you know, that's really starting. Uh, number two, I feel like nutrition um, has played a huge part in still moving forward. Um, and I think number three, it's just the mindset you know, the mindset that we hold and that we keep. And so when we work with our clients and even ourselves, um, it's something that we have to remind ourselves and remind our clients is like these three things are things that you ultimately have control over. Um, you can choose to engage in that stress. You can choose to eat better and you can choose to have a more positive mindset and have a better outlook, you know? Um, and then, so if you have those three things and you have tools and you have the knowledge for whatever it is that you're battling, I think as long as you have that balance, it helps you keep moving forward in a positive way, you know? So yeah. I do believe, I do believe that I'm cured. I also do believe that there's an upkeep and a balance that takes place to remain that way. So that, that makes sense. I think you look at it very holistically. Um, and you know, it's not, it's not that it's always a, a binary, like, yes, I have X or no, I don't have X. It, you know, you've got you've to find that homeostasis and, um, and things can get out of whack and then you've got to make adjustments and, um, and heal. Um, let's see. I'm curious, um, on, your, um, on your journey to health, um, to where you do feel that, you know, you feel cured of these conditions, um, what have some of the challenges been? Well, um, I think, you know, uh, the early on, like within six months of that diagnosis of dealing with all of that, I, um, became homeless. Uh, you know, I, I, um, <laughs> had a backpack and you know some clothes and that's you know I had some friends that would let me stay with them from time to time but there were times that I slept outside and it was a very very trying time and I think that that ultimately was rock bottom for me and like I said that was the same time period that I feel like you know I died and became a new person and and that I think was something that was part of my destiny as a healer to go through z these experiences so that I could uh overcome and learn and to share, you know, ultimately, uh, with other people. But I think, you know, it was also just learning to choose. It was something that kept happening repetitiously. And it was just breakdown after breakdown after breakdown until I said, okay, God, 
you got my attention, you know, <laughs> it was like that coming to terms or facing um, the shadow side of the suppressing emotions, the clinical depression, the bad nutrition, the bad mindset, the, you know, constantly staying busy and like learning some of the tools, which was finding the peace, finding a better mindset, and then really believing uh, in that that mission or that life purpose of using music, poetry, and art as tools to engage with people and to ultimately move forward. So there was, some, I know I speak um, more on the passing, you know, element of it, because I think that that's really where I want to keep my mindset. But I honestly know that when people are in that space, like I was very depressed, I was very hopeless, and I felt very alone. And it's something that, um, you know, has ended lives just from those feelings, not even the illnesses. Um, and it's very, very trying. And I, and I know um, it's very dark for people in that space, you know, yeah. but I do ultimately believe that if there is any support system, some people have support systems and are blessed to have those um, family and friends that, you know, take the time and have the compassion and to, you know, prop them up and hold space for them to go through that. Um, and then there's people that are even in a harder predicament where they really have to pull from that from their self. And I think what I learned was in the beginning, I was really pulling from a higher source of power, you know, um, and, and ultimately learn to believe in that and trust in that and to move forward with more confidence of self, you know, um, relying on my positive um, brain perspective, I guess, you know, and, and moving forward. But ultimately, I think that, that that's the key, those three things that we talked about, you know, that's really what helped me get through that stuff. But it, yes, very, very dark, yeah. <laughs> you know, outlooks. Um, it was tough. Yeah. Well, I'm, uh, I'm curious too, um, you know, what you mentioned nutrition a couple times. I'm curious, uh, what dietary changes did you make um, as you improved your health? So the first one was I stopped eating meat. Um, I started learning a lot about the human body. Um, and a lot of, you know, I'm, I'm a very open-minded person. Um, I, on religion, on nutrition, on politics, I'll talk to anyone about anything pretty much. Um, so I'm a pretty open-minded person. And, and, you know, there's pros and cons that everyone gives for this and that. But what I found was my body already, when I got sick, was rejecting meat. I just felt so sick every time I ate it. And so, you know, I was already kind of eating organic things, but I just cut out meat, number one, is when I saw um, huge changes. And then more recently, where I'm finding uh, huge changes is, um, I started looking at a lot of the programs that are helping people get their hormones balanced as well as heart and heart conditions and diabetes. And what that is, is it's basically less fat and more fruit. So I'm snacking on fruit a lot more than I ever have before. And like, um, I did a video podcast with a, a friend that we had done two years ago and he had me back on his show, um, uh, Bruce at mindfulness mode. And, when I was on, he was like, man, your face, 
you're glowing and you just look so much skinnier and healthy. I don't think I've ever seen you look this healthy. And, and it's literally this, this, um, this new changes here in just the last three months, I guess. Um, I've started eating more fruit in the morning. So from like 6 a.m. to 12 noon, I'm eating fruit constantly. Every two hours I have like a pe- like I'll have like this morning I had nectarine and some cherries, some bananas, some apples, um, and a, and a piece of pineapple, you know, later. And I, and I space them out to where there's like two hours in between every little snack and it's just snacking. And what I've seen is that it kick, it's been kickstarting my metabolism where, you know, I'm, I'm, um, I'm seeing some weight loss and healthy, healthier ways, you know, in my body. But I also feel lighter and I feel the enzymes and a lot of the, the fruits are actually filters. They help the body filter out toxins and kind of keep you healthy and balanced. And then I eat my meals from like 12 to 5. And so I'll have like two, two and a half meals, you know, um, in there, vegetables, beans, um, and, and, and some fruits here and there. But it's mostly, you know, um, I'll have some oats, you know, organic um, sprouted oats and things like that from time to time, but it's, it's mostly just cutting out meat and doing organic, healthy vegetables and fruits. Um, but it's also the time period that I'm eating. So that's kind of where I'm at right now and where I'm finding success and balance for my body. Okay. Well, thank you for, thank you for sharing that. And, um, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm thrilled for, for the success that you've had. And, uh, you know, now for the question that, uh, that we ask everybody who comes on the podcast. Um, now that you've improved your health, what's one thing you enjoy doing that you couldn't do before? <laughs> Hiking, definitely. So with my heart condition, you know, as long as things were flat, I could walk and it was fine. But anything that's like uphill, like, you know, pretty much um, and right now we're outside of Pennsylvania, I mean, uh, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and it's super mountainous hills everywhere. Um, and if I had, you know, been living here when I was going through all of those health conditions, I never would be able to walk the trails that are here. Um, and so hiking and being able to actually walk up a hill and see, you know, nature in, in ways that I never would have been able to is, is a very big deal for me. So... That's, that's pretty cool. <laughs> but, you know, I think there's a lot of things, but that's the one thing that I would say really stands out to me is I really enjoy doing that. So, Well, that's, uh, that's terrific, Ian. And, it, it, you know, it goes right along with um, everything else you've said. You know, I, I feel like that just kind of brings you, I don't know, brings you in touch with, um, with a very healing environment, you know, being in nature. So I, I feel like that's very fitting. Uh, for your whole story. Um, <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> um, now, for anyone who wants to learn more from you, um, how can people reach you? So the best way is um, the listening to smile.com is the website and there's lots of information on there. And then my personal email is Ian at listening to smile.com. Um, and so people reach out all the time through there. I have a bio and a, you know, contact page on there. Um, and the, um, 
there's just so much information. There's music they can listen to on there. There's um, a lot of information about sound healing and frequency on this on the site. So that's definitely the best way. Um, and we do have some videos um, of our program and what we do on YouTube. And then, like I said, Apple Music and Spotify. There's um, a couple albums on there. But um, we mostly work with our clients and the personal sessions. And then we have affiliates. And then the affiliates, they have access to 88 albums of sound healing that they can work with with people. So as far as I know, we have the largest sacred frequencies library in the world right now. Um, and every month we make a new album. So, and for five years, we've been making an album every month that's in line with the astrology energy, as well as the current events based with frequency, sacred frequencies. Wow. That's, um, that's terrific. And, uh, this will be in the show notes for, um, you know, for any of the listeners. Um, and if, if you're looking for where those show notes are, you'll be able to find them at youcuredwhat.com slash podcast slash Ian. Um, but, yeah, that that's a lot of um, you know a lot of great ways to um, learn more and to get in touch with Ian. Um, you know, do you have anything else? You know, I, I feel like I could uh, keep you here for hours and hours uh, pegging you with questions, but I, I do want to be respectful of your time. Um, yeah. Do you have anything else? Uh, any other message that you'd like to uh, put out there before we close? I think the biggest thing is that um, it's easy to do this, you know, to use it. All you really need is some headphones, um, it, you know, and people all the time ask like, how much should I spend on headphones? And like, you could spend $200 on headphones and yes, you're going to have a nice quality headphone. But I tell people like 30 bucks is like really the bottom line. Like as, as long as you're spending 30 to $40 on your headphones, you're going to have a pretty decent set of headphones. That's, you know, um, a good starting point for this. So it's a very small investment to have that tool if you don't have it. Um, and it's very easy to just put on the headphones um, and, and to just, you already know what needs to be done. You know what you want to cure. You know what you want to change. You know the focus that you have. <clears throat> and it's really just getting um, in that space to start envisioning the life that you want to live and then just listening to the music as the soundtrack to that intention. And that's how easy this is. Um, and, you know, like I said, usually within a week to two weeks, people start seeing changes. And within a few months, people have, you know, radically changed their lives. Um, so, yeah, I think it's just this is easy to do and you can do it. Well, that's a, a great message to go out on. And um, I really appreciate your time, Ian. This has been a, a fascinating conversation. And, you know, I'm thrilled for your uh, your success uh, with your personal health. And, um, you know, I, I love just what you're doing um, for a living and helping others. Uh, it's really terrific. So thank you so much for your time, Ian. Yeah, thank you so much for having me, man. I have a lot of fun. Thank you for listening to You Cured What? Join us again soon for another story of healing.